This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. Okay, Spooko Studios, charcuterie was a promising project that's now falling away. Shag, we're now in an impromptu surprise brainstorming session <laughs> where there are, there are no wrong answers, okay? I'm going to ask you for something every day and then I'm going to tell you something unusual and we're just going to combine it in an exciting way to come up with the next concept for Spooko Studios. Shag, what's one object that you use... On the weekend. Okay, an object I use on the weekend. Well, I use my smartwatch to track my activity so I know that I'm like hitting my health goals even when I'm out and about and don't have time to exercise. Ah, and what's something unusual? Someone using big data to manipulate people. <laughs> Jack, the next Spooko project is going to be called Big Scary Data. And it's going to be about gaslighting people through their smartwatches by being like, oh, you should eat even less or exercise even more and giving them heart attacks and that sort of thing. It's going to be about someone who has a fetish for really skinny people and he wants to wear their skin and kill oh no this this is sort of falling apart this is sort of crumbling to dust in my hands no, a little bit here. No, I think Let's it's stay on working. the big data point. Yeah, well, yeah. Big scary data is a <laughs> very good title. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think that the hardest thing mm. about horror films is you need a really more than any other genre, you need a great mm. title. I can call my drama film like The Day My Toenail Fell Off. Or, or like whatever, The yeah. Sun's Duvet. Yeah. And it's like I know that's going to be amazing. Five stars. <laughs> Olivia Coleman's going to be in it. She, you know, like, it's just going to be fucking amazing. Like, you know, Be- yeah. Be- Better That Come a Bitch is going to show up or whatever. <laughs> Come a Bitch, I couldn't pronounce it. I'm sorry. Anyway, so, so, big so, Big Scary so, Data, so. you know, would you leave the house? Would you go buy some tickets to go see Big Scary Data? Let's put Big Scary Data as a working title. <laughs> And yep. let's keep thinking. Let's keep thinking of scarier titles than Big Scary Data. One of the things is sometimes it's not scary to put the word <laughs> scary in your title. <laughs> Show, don't tell. <laughs> you know? They didn't call yeah. it Scary Friday the 13th. <laughs> or like the Scary Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So you you want an evocative rather than a descriptive <laughs> title. They didn't call it Scary Alien. <laughs> Friday the 13th. That's awesome. Uh, All right, right, Shag. Shag, I'll tell you one object. uh, Just an everyday sort of an object I used on the weekend. Okay. Uh, I used the gas cooker in my kitchen. We don't have an electric cooktop. We've got gas. And I get a lot of pleasure calibrating the heat and sometimes very hot and sometimes not. 
and something unusual is when like sometimes when you know uh there's weird weather patterns it rains animals or fish you know so yep. maybe this Magnolia one's style. called <laughs> yeah so maybe this is called like scary scary <laughs> magnolia too <laughs> scary <laughs> scary magnolia too <laughs> we've done it all right all right no 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 <sighs> but but real mm. talk so a couple mm. of episodes ago, I took you through the synopsis of X, a film that was marketed ah, yes. as the new Ty West film. And mm. at the time, I was like, I was very, like, that was a very successful marketing because I was like, this Ty West, I don't know who he is, but he must be amazing <laughs> if it's a Ty West film. Yeah, anyway, his new film's anyway, out here. Anyway, this week, I went back over his filmography and he is the king of titles oh my gosh all of his titles are scary and today we're doing a film straight away listen to this title and try not to poo your pants today we are doing his 2015 Hopefully i don't poo my pants <laughs> <laughs> today we're doing a ty west film from 2015 are you ready for this title mm. called we are Ugh. still here oh very good I, uh, my feedback is it's scary that we are still here is what I'd say. <laughs> we are still here and very scary would be your notes on it. Yeah. You just need to make sure if it's going to be a scary film, people, people like to know. People like to know. I know you think it's silly. But I really can feel something here, Paul. So what are we going to do about it? What if Jacob and May came up for the weekend? She told me once that people pay her to do seances. This house has an energy all its own. We don't need to find the darkness here, Paul. It's everywhere. You're not leaving here. You stay, you satisfy the darkness. Every 30 years or so, the goddamn place just wakes up and it demands new blood. Ugh. I'm down for I'm down for a bit of zombies. Shag, I feel like we haven't had any zombies for a little while. And Ty West, everything they turn their hands to, <laughs> everything he- turns to gold. <laughs> 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 so it, it's not quite zombies as you'll see. Oh, it, it is, but not not in the traditional way. Anyway, so half ghost, half zombie. Uh, yeah, actually, yes, exactly that. And cool. corporeal ghosts. I keep using that word. Oh, gotcha. I must yep. have read it somewhere, and now I'm using it in every second. Sentence. How do I keep finding? I kept, I kept saying arbitrage a lot over the weekend. I was like, mm, some real arbitrage <laughs> right here. <laughs> Gotta look out for the arbitrage. <laughs> Any, anyway, so okay, so I just want to shout out to the pleasurable experience I had watching this film because number one, it's 84 minutes, including credits, oh. inc- including credits. Oh. That's a sub 80 minute film. Oh shit! Then on top of that, I watched it at one and a half speed so it actually went for less than an hour (laughs) then then on top of that i watched it on another screen while i was doing my time sheets which is usually a really boring laborious task so it was uh no not to not to give you unsolicited advice do them as you go shag do your time sheets as you go it's difficult for me to do that because of the way the system's set up at my work it's much easier to do it at the end of the week rather than one at a time does your boss listen to this podcast? 
Uh, he doesn't run the timesheets system. Can't he fucking sort out? Okay, yeah, okay, right. <laughs> but, but yes, please, give him some advice, please. Yeah. Please do. Fucking fix it. <laughs> so anyway, so anyway, mm. it, it's quite a compact film. As You know, compared to last week, this is not an epic. This, this, yeah, nice. And, I, like, I imagine you can look at the runtime of this episode and it will be nice. not as long as... This it. is a real The Phone Booth type, type, type film. I'm ready. But also, you know how, like... You know how there are things in your life mm. that are very small and micro and it doesn't really matter to the rest of the world, but you're an expert on? Yes. I'm an expert on Spook Guy, so I can I can just <laughs> I can I can I can even start this episode and be like, I kind of know how long this episode's gonna be. Shag, you're very <laughs> like you are you are an expert on Spook Guy, but it's taken you a while with the greatest of respect. So it's, it's taken it's yeah. taken me 141 episodes. <laughs> But you've done your time now, you know, you've earned your expertise. Yeah. Where, you know, how many hours are we away from 10,000 hours? <laughs> Probably <laughs> not that far. Well, in fact, you're on the march. If you, if you yeah. count editing and watching the films. Yeah. So you're a few thousand hours in. Yeah. All right. So anyway, so this film is set in 1979 mm. and it's almost sort of shot like it's in 1979. Thank goodness. Like, thank goodness <laughs> it's not quite shot like it's in 1979. <laughs> it, it looked watchable. At least. Yeah. yeah, it's still watchable. But yeah. everything down from the camera grain to the fact that I think it's even sort of shot in a smaller aspect ratio, like the whole yep. thing just feels very 1970s, but in a way that it's still entirely watchable and not actually like a 1970s film. So, yes, you're right. It's, it's got all the good aspects without the real aspects that make it suck. Like, you know, when people are like, the 90s were so cool, and you're like, they were not cool at all. Anyway, so... Oh, gosh, yes, yeah, super Like, cool. Scar mm. is like the least cool music that's ever been made. And, and and third wave ska when it mixed with pop punk. Original ska that was like reggae brought to the UK, yeah, was cool. The specials and madness were cool. That's, but... that's what madness and the specials and whatever. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, are they are they cool? Well, they're cooler than '90s Scar when it was all wearing two tone, but <laughs> and it was very <laughs> Caucasian. Like it was a very Caucasian style. Of yes, I completely agree with that, and that was deeply problematic. But uh, I mean, the uptake was was really challenging because I'm not sure it was the deepest uptake. I still remember that Vans Warp Tour experience, Shaq. Do you remember this in '98 in Manly, and the set list included Blink One Eight Two. Um, dude, this is a few months after Dude Ranch, and it included the Mighty Mighty Boston's, and this was a few months before the impression that I get coming out in Australia, and so the Mighty Mighty Boston's had already like blown up hugely in the US, whereas Dude Ranch was bubbling along more in Australia in like sort of skate teen culture that we were involved in, and so Blink One Eight Two were playing earlier than the Mighty Mighty Boston's. And whichever, um, was it Mark Hoppus, the more nasal one, it was like, everyone, hang around for the Mighty Mighty Boston's. I swear they're really great. <laughs> and everyone was like, nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> we'll go get an all-ages, you know, Diet Coke or whatever. Like the, like the scar, the scar moment really like fizzled and went. And then what, what even survived that like 98, 99 period? Like real big fish. Did they, like, did anyone come out of that? Unscathed? I don't think anyone survived, did they? So in 1979, following the death of their son Bobby in a car crash, mm. Anne and Paul Sacchetti have decided to move to a new home in a small town in rural New England. Paul hopes that it will be therapeutic for Anne as the death has caused her to spiral into a deep depression. However, 
and starts claiming that Bobby is present mm. in the house. And their neighbors come along. Uh, hang on, I'm just trying to work out what the names of their neighbors are. Hang on. It's Dave and Cat McCabe. So their neighbors, Dave and Cat McCabe, come around and explain that the house was built in the 1800s by the Dagmar family as a funeral home. And part of me is like, if you want your wife to get over the death of your son from a few months earlier, maybe don't move into a funeral home. <laughs> <laughs> It's like we've got to, we've got to move. We've got to move. <laughs> it doesn't matter where to. <laughs> Any port in a storm. Now you're cutting out quite a bit for me, and I can't yeah, quite hear. Yeah, same. Do you want to maybe go Let's video off? Try that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Cat and Dave McCabe come around and explain how the house was built. They said that the Dagmars were reportedly run out of the village after townspeople discovered that they weren't actually burying the corpses, they were selling them on and burying empty caskets. As they're... That's really great conceptually, I've got to say. I think that's really fun of being, like, tricking people into, into giving you their corpses. Oh, Peach, I can't... And on I can't, them up. I, I can't properly hear you. You just keep cutting. All right. Good. Gooey, have I got yeah, you? Yeah, you got me. I'm tethered to my phone now. Hopefully that I reckon helps. that'll be heaps better. All right, okay. You know what's funny? Like Tell back me. back in the day when we used to have these tech glitches, mm. I would turn them into like a spooky meta thing where maybe our podcast was actually becoming something, like was being taken over by like ghosts or spirits or something. Yes. And I was like, oh, like even thinking about it now and thinking, you know, if you just discovered Spooko and you were going back and you were listening, you're like, what's going on there? Hearing me explain it, be like, oh, it was all a joke. But maybe me explaining it now is just trying to throw you off the trail. Shag, this is the cross and double cross element, right? But that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I think is really, really spooky is, is, is when your, your arch villain does their monologue and, you know, you sit there and realise that you've been a great victim. And Shag, it turns out you've been infecting me with a... Spooko via ghost virus from another dimension uh, via the technical glitches. And the ghost virus really got us tonight, Jack. I think you'd agree. <laughs> That's right. It's a ghost virus. <laughs> it turns out I've been infecting you with the ghost virus, Jack. That's the flip and making you think you were infecting me. So, mm. so if, so uh, glitches aside, we, we were just hearing about how. Bobby and Anne have moved into this house, which their neighbours, Dave and Cat McCabe, have explained was built in the 1800s by the Dagmar family as a funeral home, but they were swindling their customers by selling the corpses and burying empty caskets. And then you said something, but I couldn't hear it because of the ghost virus. I sort of love that your body, when you die, becomes a commodity. Like, I think that's quite a fun idea. <laughs> like, if you, you like, because at the moment it's homework, right? People who don't know you wouldn't know that. You are the most loving, generous, amazing friend, but you can come across very, like, cold-hearted sometimes, <laughs> I think. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, look, that's, I think I just, have to, I just have to sit there and accept that, Shag. That's, that's <laughs> just some radical candor from you. I appreciate it. Um, but, you know, like, generally, if, if, if you're the executor of my estate... Um, one of the things you'll have to engage with is is disposing of my corpse, right? Mm. And that's homework. That's fucking, that's deeply annoying, as you can imagine. 
and often the executor won't have had probate granted for a number of weeks, so so you might need to get an urgent probate grant, but often it becomes uncontroversial. But in any case, it's annoying homework. Someone has to go get the corpse, put it somewhere, burn it or bury it in the ground. Now, what I like about this is it flips that approach on its head and says, no, 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 this is great. We've got this new product in the world that is Peach's Corpse. Yeah, let's go find the highest bidder. I think there's something optimistic and exciting. Look, it's very capitalist, of course, but I, you know, it's a good bit of capitalism. It's it's nose to tail <laughs> human life. Yeah, yeah, it's I good. like that too. And you know mm. what? Like, you know, it, it seems like such a contemporary idea. This idea of having a side hustle mm. and you know, like doing <laughs> some like doing some like corpses. Amazon drop shipping or whatever. But there's something nice about being like, hey, you know what? Why are we burying these corpses? No one's gonna see them. If we burn them, it's like what a waste of all this cool commodity. Just <laughs> burning, Let's burning money by doing that. Legally, yeah. though, yeah, you deliver my corpse to a funeral mm. home. Mm. They don't now own my corpse. No, no, no. It's I'm I'm almost certain it's property of the estate. So. When I die, my my corpse falls into my estate, literally into the corpus of my estate. Corpse and corpus (laughs) being being different things. That's extremely funny. But I think there are then obligations. So there are rights, like burial rights, that people have to cause a person to be buried in a certain way. But as well, the corpse becomes property that can be dealt with by the executor, but but generally doesn't get to that. I think the next of kin, the, the spouse or whatever, is like, yeah, just burn the shit out of it or, or Yeah, whatever. gotcha. So I could put in my will that's like, hey, I want to be like... Medical science or whatever, yeah. Yeah, but, but, but my next of kin can be like, no, fuck that, I want to bury them. Uh, yeah, I think it's a non-binding expression of desire rather yeah. than... And ex- the, whatever the, t- the phrase is, an expression of testamentary, testamentary intentions. Like, I think... Like if I was like, "Hey, Shag, I want my body to be donated to medical science," you could be like, "Thanks, champ. We'll see how we go." <laughs> Appreciate the tip. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So, as Cat and Dave McCabe are leaving after explaining where the house came from, Cat mm. passes Bobby a note, and when they leave, he opens the note and it says, "Leave now. This house needs a family." And needs a family was underlined. Undeterred, though, because remember, even though Bobby brought Anne here because he wanted to get her over the death of theirs, and again, it's like the son died like months ago. Like, don't try to like so that's end like, grief fuck, now. And we're still talking about the son. <laughs> that was twelve or thirteen weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> but but Anne believes that Bobby's spirit is in this new house. So she invites her friends May and Jacob Lewis, who are both mm. spiritualists, and also their son was friends with Bobby. So they invite them to the house because she believes they can help her contact Bobby. Anyway, when they show up, the couples go out to eat and there's this really tense moment where they go into this local diner and everybody is just, like, staring at them. It's like that moment where, you know, you walk into the restaurant and everybody's, like, forks drop and the music stops and even the bartender's just, like, staring at you. It's like an old Western. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. And they go sit down, they eat their meal, and they're like, fuck, this is weird. And, you, wow, you picked a really good place to go, but at least the food's good, lol, lol, lol. At this point, mm. Lewis's son, Harry, arrives with his girlfriend, Daniela, 
now the son of the spiritualists arrive. They they see a note on the door that's like, hey, come to this diner. Uh, we're eating or you can just stay here. And they're like, fuck it. Let's just go stay here. While they're there, they're killed by an apparition in the basement that's like burning. So the apparitions are kind of like ghost zombies where they're real, but they're just covered in like burnt flesh. So they're like a dark charcoal color with just flecks of fire all over them. And the way they kill is just by stabbing people with their hands, if that makes yes. sense. Yes, I think we saw it like just sort of putting their hands through, through, through people. Yeah, and not in a way where it's like magically going through it, actually forcing their hands through someone's body to you know hit vital organs and kill them i think there's a bit of originality to that i like that yeah i like it i found it it's quite it's it's quite unexpected and thus pretty scary and i think it also confronts the problem you and i have expertly highlighted about ghosts of like yeah congratulations ghost (laughs) what are you actually gonna do yeah Yeah. and here's where it gets even scary because harry's killed by the apparition daniela Mm. makes it out is driving down the road and then all of a sudden she looks in the back seat and the ghost is there puts her hand through the back of the seat into her and her car is off the road and it's that thing where it's like we've called ghost bluff so many times and in this one they're like oh no we actually are magic and can kill you anytime oof like this is this does feel like another idea that's jacked from some peach and shag uh, brainstorming sessions here on Spooko. <laughs> so, so we'll have to make sure we get we get paid for this one too. So the Lewises and the Sichetti's head home. After which Dave McCabe, remember from the start, arrives mm. at the restaurant. Now we actually don't know it's him until so are you we're, still we're talking the... about your dead son. No, 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 no. So no, no, no. So this is this is remember these are the neighbors that told them about Sorry, that's right, the Dagmars, yes. right? Mm. So so we're at this bar. It's closed. Mm. We hear a knock at the door. The bartender's like, guys, the oven's off. We're not making any food anymore. There's another knock at the door. And so the bartender sends a waitress there. As soon as the door opens, we hear a gunshot. We realize that Dave has just killed the waitress and has come into the restaurant and angrily discusses the Dagmar house with the bartender, revealing that the house needs to feed every 30 years or the evil beneath it will search out fresh souls, destroying the town. And thus, why did you just let these people eat in your restaurant when they should be dead and that's kind of why everyone was staring at them because it's like hang on why are these people still alive house is supposed to have killed them by now oh shit okay yeah 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 so anyway jacob manages to convince a reluctant paul to hold a seance with him while their wives are out this ends with Jacob becoming possessed by the spirit of Lysander Dagmar, the original Dagmar, who reveals that they were never run out of town and they were never selling corpses. Rather, the villagers used his family as a sacrifice to the evil under their home. Lysander, overcome with rage, tries to attack them, but they tie him to a chair. Okay. And so when the wives come home, they're like, what the fuck have you done with Jacob? And they're like, He's not Jacob anymore. And he's like, yes, I'm not Jacob. They've stuffed a sock in his mouth. So he slowly just eats and swallows the sock so he can talk. And he's basically like explains the whole thing. And he's like, uh, I am not to Jacob and you are all going to die. Blah, 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 blah. This house needs a family. And people keep saying this house needs a family. Yes. He breaks out. It's like out. a new puppy. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he breaks out of the, the, the confines, grabs a fire poker, and then instead of attacking them, stabs himself in the eye and falls down dead. Okay. Uh, His wife, May, tries to flee, only to be met again at the door by Dave, who shoots her in the head with a shotgun and her head just explodes. 
Now, he's come to the house with some other townspeople, determined to give the home what it wants, which is some dead bodies. The Sacchettis, who moved here to get over the death of Bobby, hear his voice urging them to go upstairs as the townspeople start to break into the house. And there's this amazing shot when they go upstairs, lock the door, and they look out the window, and they see like a crowd of like 30 people rushing over the hills towards the house. Incredibly scary stuff. And also, like, it's a short movie. We're almost done. Like, oh, God. Yeah, how good is that, right? Shag, you are so right in your brain. You really do know your Spooko quite quite well. If there was, like, one of those, like, hard quiz or something where you go in, or, like, Mastermind, where you go in with, like, like an expert topic, <laughs> I would go in with my own podcast. <laughs> my special subject is <laughs> Spooko. <laughs> okay. So the spirits, uh, at this point... The, ha- the townspeople break in and they go from room to room and they've all got like, ma- and the- and it's really spooky because they're all just normal people, but they've all got makeshift weapons. Like they've got like, you know, a farming hoe or they've got a pitchfork or they've got like a shotgun or whatever, or like a kitchen knife. And they're all just looking for this family to kill them to save the town. Yeah, wow. So at this point, the spirits of the Dagmar family come out of nowhere and start to violently murder every one of the townspeople. And, when I say violently murder, like basically everyone explodes into clouds of blood. Like it is a very. What's your favorite, Shag? Were you slightly aroused seeing it? <laughs> like horror aroused? I, mean. I was. I was. It was. It was super enjoyable. Um, but they don't chase the Sachetis, are they? They're nice to the Sachetis. So the spirits of the Dagmar family proceed to violently murder every one of the townspeople until only Dave, Paul, and Anne remain. So remember that. Paul and Anne are the, the couple from the beginning of the film. Mm. Dave and and also Dave's wife initially. No, hang on. It's not Kat. No, no. So, so one of the characters. I'm trying to remember which character. But mm. one of the characters goes upstairs, manages to sneak in. But Anne has grabbed five different like knives from the kitchen oh, block, all five yeah. at once, and turns around and stabs this person in the neck with five knives. That's oh, pretty God. cool. Okay. Anyway, so it gets to a point where there's only Paul and Anne, the couple from the beginning of the film, and Dave, and they're downstairs, and Dave has the gun pointed at them, and he's basically like, you've got to understand this house, there's like an evil under this house. If you don't let it feed every 30 years, it it will try to murder the rest of the town. You guys should have been dead already. I don't know why you're not dead already. And then calls out to Lysander's spirit and is like, why the fuck didn't you kill these guys already? You've endangered the whole town. What the fuck? At this point, Lysander appears behind Dave mm. and puts his hands, his burning hands on his face. And Dave starts screaming. And we think that's just going to have to kill him. But then he eventually just pushes his hands together and crushes Dave's head and his head explodes. And then Dave falls down dead. But then Lysander goes, we like this new family. Or, or like, does Lysander answer the question? So Paul and Anne stare at the carnage around them. The walls and the floor are covered in blood. There's dead bodies everywhere. The spirits of the family hold hands, sort of give them a look, and then go back downstairs, finally satisfied. Anne dazedly walks into the house's cellar, followed by Paul. As he peers down the stairs, Paul smiles and says, hey, Bobby with the implication that potentially Bobby has protected them and being a spirit in this house has actually helped them lure other people to the house to be sacrificed rather than them. That's the end of We Are Still Here, 
Peach, what did you think? Well, we're now back in the brainstorm session, right? So, so what I what I what I take from that is a great reminder that even if you've got a scary, evil ghosts that are actually physical, the scariest remains. Even if you conjure up your supernatural baddies, the 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 scariest bit remains the human to human tension. Mm. So when we take a normal everyday thing, shag like a motor car, and then we take something unusual like a demon motor car, um, then what we have to remember is the villain of the film will not necessarily be the demon motor car. It'll be the person that betrays our protagonist, Alison, for uh, her. Well, pe- well Peach, I'm going to. I'm yes. gonna I'm gonna Shag, do I'm something. Really this film. Are you really interrupting? No, 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 no. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. So, so let's take a motor car, right? Yes. Let's take a strange situation, yep. like a guy recording a podcast in that motor car, ah, and he, yes. he and his co-host who'd forced him to record at a night time when you know things are a bit spooky outside, and he's the one that gets scared of things. And our co-host uh, isn't recording in a car, but you trust this co-host because we've been friends forever. But uh, for some reason the internet keeps cutting out and keeps getting a bit weird to the point where we have to turn our cameras off. So now we're just speaking oh, to each shit, other. the cameras are <laughs> <up Shag. laughs> So now we're just speaking to each other. But am I still Shag? Oh, Lysander. Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?